Welcome back to MarTech Zone interviews. On today's show, I have my good friend Mark Schaefer. Uh, Mark is uh, an incredible uh, speaker, marketer, mentor, and of course, prolific author. And his newest book we're going to be talking about is Cumulative Advantage. This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. Oh, welcome back to Mark Tech Zone Interviews. And here I have one of my best friends and mentors, uh, Mark Schaefer. Mark, welcome to the show, sir. Douglas, I am so happy to be here. Before the show, I sang you a song about the joy I had. Just... <laughs> That's something that will never make the public airwaves, but <laughs> I'm, I'm truly happy to see you again. I, I am too, and and I and I do and I do mean this. Uh, I, I want to pay you. I'm going to pay you a number. This is going to be a gushing podcast. Um, <laughs> one of the things is that uh, every time you release a book, it costs me a lot of money because I wind up buying copies for my classes my friends, my family, everybody. So one is stop writing all these fantastic books because you're <laughs> going okay. broke. I was wondering why I kept seeing that spike in sales in Indianapolis. Yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> That's it. And, and cumulative advantage is no different. Um, the, the, uh, let me, let me ask you first, let, I want to hear your words describing cumulative advantage and then why you were motivated to write it. All right, I'm gonna answer your questions backwards. I'm gonna do the second part first because um, you know, if you look at the trajectory of my career over the last decade or so, you could rightly say that I've been obsessed with one thing. How do we stand out in this world? Uh, I wrote the first book on influence marketing and wrote a book called The Content Code about how do we navigate through this tsunami of information. I wrote a book on personal branding called Known, How Does an Individual Stand Out? And the thing that's just, uh, just preoccupied me, Douglas, and I think every business, every marketer should be obsessed with this, is how do we stand out? It's so darn hard and getting harder all the time. And I recently saw this amazing statistic that since the pandemic started, uh, the amount of information published on LinkedIn has doubled in one year. So arguably, if you're a, you know, I know a lot of your fans and listeners are B2B businesses. If you're a B2B business trying to stand on a LinkedIn, arguably your job got twice as hard in the last 12 months with, with the competition. So I'm determined to figure this out. And that's, that's sort of been the theme of my books. And so I came upon this idea of momentum. If you're stuck, you've kind of leveled out and you're doing your best work. Maybe you're doing great work and you're, you still feel like you're getting buried. What do you do? So I did this research on momentum. What is momentum and how does it work? And found that there really is a pattern to momentum. And my research led me to some early work. It, it, was, it, it was started in the 1960s in the world of sociology. 
And uh, they, they came up with this concept called cumulative advantage. It, it's well known in scientific circles, but it really hasn't been applied in, in a popular way other than one mention in a Malcolm Gladwell book. I believe it was Outliers. But other than that, it really hasn't been applied to lives and businesses. And the main idea is that if you have some initial advantage in your life, it really could be anything. It, it, it could be an education. It could be a contact. It could be, in some cases, money. Um, in the case of like Bill Gates, as a teenager, he had access to early computers that nobody else really had access to. He was coding computers before anybody, anybody else you know, his age. And he kind of played his cards right. And that created unstoppable momentum. So the idea is sort of recognizing these advantages, seeing how they apply with what's going on in the world right now as a way to create momentum. And that's, that's broadly what cumulative advantage is about. Well, and, and one of the things that I loved about the book was you absolutely talked about, you spoke about things uh, like luck, uh, yeah. timing, privilege. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, these are things that uh, are often talked about in silos, in my opinion, yeah. out there. And they're not automatically kind of grouped together into one mm -hmm. cohesive, mm -hmm. you know, uh, strategy, if you will. And the, the perfect one that I always talk about was, you know, I had the absolute blessing of working at exact target, uh, you know, early in my career, which really, you know, pushed me up into the stratosphere when it came to marketing technology. But I often kind of chuckle when I read about the mystique of exact target today. Uh, and because, because exact target had everything, every, it had so many arrows pointing at it to succeed from timing, right? Just early in the industry, ability to scale like nobody else, uh, leadership, leadership that was connected to investment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and uh, I think uh, uh, business schools, you know, prestigious business schools and, and everything else, uh, the city, right? <laughs> We're in Indianapolis where there's a low cost of living. And so talent was easy to hire from colleges, like everything just, it, it assembled in the perfect, you know, uh, rocket ship that yeah. launched exact target. Now that doesn't take anything away from the incredible leadership and talent within the company, sure. but, but I often see people talk about it. Like that was the only thing, you know, these, these miracle gods that, <laughs> Well, it's a great case study because what I talk about in the book is that advantage builds on advantage. That if you're able to apply these early advantages and then it seems to attract other advantages. The other thing that's interesting about your discussion, Doug, is this idea in the book I have called the scene, right? So it's sort of a new way to look at strategy. Uh, when you and I were growing up in business, you know, strategy was a 250 page document and a five year plan. And today it's really about hitting a moment, finding an opportunity. So if you exactly as you're talking about there, you had these people that had an idea, but they, it, it wasn't just an idea. They pursued the idea and the timing was right because the need in the marketplace was there. 
the world was shifting. If they had tried five years earlier, it probably wouldn't have worked. If they tried five years later, they would have been too late. And so strategy today isn't about some sort of grand long-term vision. It's about seeing what is going on in the world right now. How do we apply core competencies and then blow through it? Just run through that opportunity as fast as we can, as hard as we can. And, and that's what really creates momentum, possibly unstoppable momentum if we play our cards right. And, and do you think, uh, I'm curious because my career, uh, when I think about my career, I think about as I was reading this book, I was mm-hmm. thinking back at the missed opportunities. Yeah, yeah, right? sure. Uh, And and it might've been things that I, uh, uh, you know, for a while there, my blog was one of the top blogs and I stopped blogging because I was working full time, Mm. right? I was making a living. So that needed my attention, but I blew it because I I actually remember that. I remember that transition for you. Yeah. Yeah. And had I kept going, I have no doubt that I would be 10 X, you know, where, where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, but, but is, you know, how do you, how do you see these opportunities for what they are? Well, uh, building on what you're saying there, it's interesting that you reflect on your career and apply it to the model in the book. And I see that happening a lot. I think people that read this book, they'll never see the world the same way again. They'll say, ah, you know, this is kind of where we are. This is kind of what we're missing, or that's where we were. And oh my gosh, you know, there was a seam there and I just kind of ignored it or blew it. So, you know, this, this, it's, it's a difficult uh, question because timing is so important, but we also live in this amazing time where, you know, when I was a young guy to test a seam, you probably would have to actually manufacture a product. You'd have to have equipment in your garage and you'd have to find funding and you'd have to find distribution in a meaningful way to see if something would really work. But today, almost everything can be tested in sort of like a minimum viable way on the internet. Um, And, you know, we don't have to create a lot of risk to test seems. So that's the good part of it. The bad part is, Timing still matters. I mean, timing is still a big, big deal. Um, And it's really, you know, out of our control. The only thing we could really do, which I talk about in the book, is to test the worthiness of the idea. So if if the timing is right, is are we really prepared for this opportunity? So in the book, I walk the readers through a number of different questions to kind of get prepared. But um, really, I mean, a lot of the time, I mean, you can do research, you can talk to people, you can talk to you know, thought leaders. There's a lot of that opportunity available on the internet, but by and large, you know, a, a lot of it is just, you gotta just see, you just gotta test it and see if there's something there. Yeah. And that's, and that's, if you're a risk averse person, that's a, that's a tough step to take, right? You know, maybe, but like I said, uh, you know, today, um, there's just so many ways to, to, to test things um, just by doing, you know, research. I'll, I'll tell you, Doug, I, I test a lot of ideas on, on LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn is kind of my R and D department in some ways. 
where I'll say, you know, hey, I've been thinking about this new concept. Uh, you know, what what do you think? And people will weigh in and sometimes it'll give me encouragement. Sometimes it'll kind of twist my ideas in a new way. Um, but, but there's lots of ways to kind of test things um, that we never had before. So uh, the, the idea of timing hasn't changed, but I think the idea of how we can, you know, test, the, test our ideas with, with, with less risk than ever before offers people a lot of hope. Yeah. Oh, hope. I love that. Cause this, this is an optimistic book as well, I would say, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it, I think it is, it is a book of, of hope. I, I, I wanted it to be a, a, a book of, of hope because, you know, one of the things I realized as I was doing the research, I kind of sat back and thought there's, there's nothing in this book that anybody really couldn't do. I mean, you don't need any special resources. It's just being aware of how momentum works. And, and once you are aware of this pattern, you can view your life and your business and your ideas in a way that kind of you know fit this pattern or don't fit this pattern. And you have a better idea if things are going to work or not. Yeah. And, and, and what you did not ignore in this book, which I thought was absolutely uh, critical, were the yeah. disadvantages. Yeah. You did not ignore that at all. You absolutely said you're going to have challenges, roadblocks, systematic issues that are going to try to prevent you from doing this, right? Well, this, this was probably the biggest professional risk I ever took in my life <laughs> to, to really hit some of these issues head on. Because one of the things I realized when I wrote this book is that biz, any, any business book or something that can be considered maybe a self-help book is elitist. And it's elitist in the respect that, that's, that you assume that everybody has the money to buy your book and everybody has the time to read your book and everybody has the resources to activate the ideas in the book. And I was tormented by this idea that given the right circumstances, the idea of initiating momentum for your ideas is accessible to everyone. But there's a, there's a certain you know, demographic in our society that really doesn't have the opportunity for cumulative advantage because they have cumulative disadvantage, which is another sociological uh, research term. And you know, these are people where if their car breaks down, it sends them into a depth spiral of, of, you know, economic, you know, peril and, and, and despair, right? I mean, they're just living on the edge or any little bad thing that goes wrong, uh, you know, just, you know, sends things the wrong way and they never have an opportunity to come up for air to build, to build positive momentum. And so that is something that I address in, in, in the book and also talked about what we can do about it now that, we have this idea that we have this pattern. We know how momentum works. Is it possible that we can create momentum for others? And, and I think it is. I have no doubt. We talked a little bit before. Yeah, in the fact, show. I, I do. I do it every day. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. of that. It's probably my the greatest value I add to the world is just looking for ways I can use my experience and and my knowledge to create a spark in other people and. 
you know, and, and it, and it works. It really does. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's literally just making a, a connection between two people, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, and, and that doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest part of it that I love. Uh, right. That one of the things that you did in the book that I thought was ingenious is as you're writing it, you hired someone to review the book from a sensitivity standpoint as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell me about how did that even, I didn't even know that there were people that did that for one thing and, and thank God there are, but yeah. that was brilliant. Well, it was really um, a lot of angst. It came as a result of a lot of angst that I was having, as I said, you know, in the book, I, I was haunted by this idea that we have these, these gaps in our society that are not closing. And we spend billions of dollars in government programs and billions of dollars in corporate programs, and they're just not closing. And I don't want to live in a world like that. And so as I wrote this book, it, I just had I had to address it. I had to apply the system from the book through the lens of our current world. And one of the things I had to do here was take my own medicine in that one of the things that stops us in our tracks from creating momentum is some narrative that we hold in our heads about ourselves. You know, it could be, um, you know, oh, um, I failed English in high school, so I'll never write a book, right? So, I mean, that's, that's terrible to think you, just because you had some bad teacher or bad luck in high school that would prevent you from that. And there are certainly, there's a scaffolding of, of heritage and narratives about me as a middle-aged white guy about what I should say and what I shouldn't say. And yet I would be a coward if I didn't say these things. So I had to shed my skin, Doug, and just say, you know, I've, I've got to say these things. I have to have the courage to say these things and I'm wading into perilous waters and I need help. And so I, I hired a couple different beta readers uh, to give different perspectives, but I, I, I came across this uh, young woman in, in Richmond, Virginia, and she does sensitivity reading. Uh, reading. And she comes from a very diverse background and she's also a poet. She's just a wonderful, wonderful, gifted writer. And so I, I wanted her to look at my, at my book through this lens because I'm okay attacking issues. I'm not okay attacking people either directly or indirectly. And I think it would be awful to attack people in a way just because I was ignorant, because I was insensitive or I used words in a different way. You know, that's just not good business, right? It's not a way to be a good human being. And it's, it's just not good business to be, you know, to write a book and be and, and have this blind spot to be ignorant. So I, I hired her to, to look at my book. And thankfully, she didn't find anything really egregious. Uh, but she, you know, she said, you know, Mark, this word that you use in this paragraph, there are really two meanings to that. Do you think you could find a better word? She says, oh, wow, that's really good to know. 
So she gave little tips like that that helped it become a better book. But more importantly, I think it gave me the confidence to, to like shed that narrative and say what I needed to say with confidence and not be afraid that I'm going to be, you know, stepping into some area that's going to, you know, that I'm going to offend somebody uh, because just simply because I'm ignorant. Yeah. Well, it was a brilliant move. I, 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 I would have never even thought to have done that. So, so kudos to you for that. And, uh, you know, I do want to write another book. And when I do, that will be on the checklist of things to do for sure. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I just do because it, it you know, it, you can always learn. It doesn't cost that much money really to take that step. And, and for me, it just gave, gave me the confidence to, 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 to be brave. It really did. Uh, because it was it was a big personal risk to talk about those things in the book. Fantastic, uh, fantastic. Talking to Mark Schaefer, of course, about uh, cumulative advantage. And uh, now, on a side note, are are you back on? I saw that you actually did a speech here recently. I did. I did. Uh, things are starting to pick up back in, in terms of you know coming back into public meetings and conferences. Um, I was very very. Um, honored and grateful that during the lockdown periods of the pandemic, uh, you know, I was able to do a lot of online work and people still turned to me to do online presentations. But a few weeks ago, I did a live conference in front of a socially distanced audience in uh, Miami. It was very well done. Um, everybody was masked. Everybody was, I, I, it wasn't just six feet apart. They're like 10 feet apart. They were sitting at their own individual tables. They, um, it was the first conference I ever attended that had an official uh, disinfectant sponsor. <laughs> they, they literally, you know, disinfected the room with this mist between every, between every meeting. Wow. So it was hand, yeah, it was handled very, very well. And uh, so it's picking up, you know, September I've got, live events in uh, in New Orleans and in Austin. And then in October, I've got something in Las Vegas. So it is it's starting to pick back up again. And, and I'm, I'm, I'll be very, very happy to hit the road again. And uh, because it's, it's so rewarding to be able to talk about these ideas and in front of a, in front of a live audience. And, and, and your preceding books talked about marketing, uh, you know, primarily now cumulative advantage, definitely from a marketing aspect is an important book, just because yeah. I believe momentum in, in marketing is absolutely a critical component, but this is more of a life book. Is, is this yeah. opening you up to more opportunities to speak? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, a, a, a friend of mine, maybe it's someone that you know, um, Jeff Bullis, the famous blogger yeah. and marketing person in Australia, interviewed me recently. He said, you know, you know, Mark, <laughs> you, did, you did something very sneaky here because I was reading this as a marketing book and it is an excellent marketing book. But then you, you, what you're really doing is teaching us how to be a better human being. Yes. And you know, I, I can't say that was the, the primary consideration in, in the book, but I do recognize that I have a platform now. And, you know, one of my biggest inspirations is, is Brene Brown. 
And uh, if you're not familiar with Brene, she is absolutely amazing. And and I, I, I love her platform because Brene, she's intelligent and gracious and generous. All of her uh, speaking and writing is backed by research like mine is. And she absolutely just is, is so bold. She doesn't compromise. She is who she is. And that's really where I want to be. I want to, I want to be the bold. I want to be the boy Brene. And if I can use my platform like that to lift people up and encourage people and show them a path that can give them hope in their life. I mean, I think that would be the most amazing way to use my life. And so I don't really know what that means, but definitely uh, I'm aware of the opportunity. Well, I don't, I don't want to take, uh, I don't want to uh, be a spoiler on the book, but I will say this. I I told you before the show that I actually did call you and, and the feedback must've been so amazing that your voice mail was full. Yeah. I'm sorry Um, for that. But, but I was literally sitting at home and I was reading those last pages of the book and the tears welled up and, Mm. and it was based on my personal past and in history and everything else that I really uh, just an emotional connection with how you ended the book. And so what I want to tell people out there is you really do need to read this book. I don't care if you're a business person, if you're a young person, that's just trying to figure out life and business and, or marketing in general, Um, the, the, the seam, I love that word, you know, but, but this, this pattern is parallel, you know, through all of those different, uh, situations, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so I would, I would encourage everybody to pick up a cumulative advantage. Of course, we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, but, but Mark, I, I, I mean this every time you write a book, I really enjoy your writing. It's, uh, being on a podcast with you was amazing. And I saw how important research planning, uh, I don't, we, we didn't call it momentum then, but it was momentum of question yeah. to question in this mm-hmm. book. It was chapter to chapter, mm-hmm. the way that you organize your thoughts. I read a lot of business books, a lot of business books. Uh, you could read the introduction and close the book and be done with it. Yeah. Right. It's Very just true. every 90, chapter, 90%. Yeah. Every chapter is just a repeat and, yeah. and everything else, but your books really do. And they're concise. They're, they're I wouldn't say they're epic novels. These are quick reads. Yeah. Um, cu- cumulative advantage is easy to get through, but each chapter has a significant point to it that builds on the previous. So I want to give you kudos just because your writing style, I love it. I love picking up every single one of your books. And like I said, I, I, I think I've bought them for classes for, for everybody just because, and of course, you know, my daughter, Every book that I buy, I give to her next, you know, and say, I say, here's Mark's book. You got to read this one next. And so uh, kudos to you just for the fantastic job that you do. means a lot, Doug. Thank you. Well, you can tell, you can tell the work that's put into this. Uh, It's literally an obscene amount of work. (laughs) I remember there's a fun, fun story at the beginning of the book about the Winklevoss twins. Yes. These, if, you're, if you saw the social network movie, these were like the, the twins that uh, sued Mark Zuckerberg because they claimed he stole the code that became Facebook. And so I did, I did so it's maybe a two page story in the book. And I spent 
three days writing that story, researching and writing that story. I remember coming out of my office and telling my wife, I am crazy. <laughs> what am I doing? I just spent three days writing one small story for the book. Uh, but, but I mean, it just, I had to weave that story in a way and I had to do so much research and read so much about the Winklevoss twins to, you know, to get it just right. In my mind, I always think if the Winklevoss twins ever read this, would they say, yep, he got it right. You know, I, I, so that it, it, it is that amount of work and that amount of detail that, that went into the book. Well, and again, I'm not going to spoil it, but that story is amazing. I it's never knew it. Story. Yeah, I, I never knew it. So uh, no. so definitely pick up that book. Mark, Mark Schaefer, thank you for spending time with us today. It is always a pleasure. Uh, like I said, you have been a, a, a friend, a mentor, uh, and I really appreciate the opportunities that you provided me. The, the discipline that you've provided me, the feedback that you've provided me. Uh, it's always been, uh, it's always been incredibly, uh, I'm trying to think of the way you were just talking about it. You were talking about how you wanted to be this disciplined person that was brave and didn't, I, I felt like every time I spoke to you, that's the person I was speaking to. You looked at oh, me clear in the eye, yeah. gave me direct feedback. It wasn't, you know, it was always supportive, helpful, uh, you know, and, and, uh, I, I just appreciate it. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. This is, and thank you for reading the book and being so well prepared for your show today. Absolutely. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.